0: Thank you for joining us today for Sunday School on Easter Sunday. I think Easter is the best day of the year and I hope you've had a great day already. The resurrection of Jesus was a very important thing to the early church. When you read the book of Acts and read the sermons that were preached in the book of Acts, the resurrection was always a part of those sermons. And it seems that wherever you read in the New Testament, no matter who the author, the resurrection of Jesus is always either central or very much um, in the forefront. Why was the resurrection of Jesus so important to those early believers? You know, sometimes I think for us, we have a great Easter, and then we kind of forget it until the next year. And uh, for the early church, it wasn't that way. The resurrection of Jesus was a very big thing. In fact, when you think about the disciples replacing Judas, the requirement for the replacement was that this person had to be someone who had been with them from Jesus' baptism right until his ascension into heaven. And the reason for that was that so he could be a witness with them of the resurrection. They really saw their role, not just as preaching, but as witnessing to Jesus' resurrection. And so, um, it's a very important event, and it wasn't just an emotional thing for them. There was a reason why it was so important, and there's a reason why it's so important for us today. And I'd like for you to think back to the very first sermon that was preached, after Jesus ascended into heaven. Do you know when it was? You're right. It was on the day of Pentecost. They had waited 10 days in prayer, and then on that 10th day, God descended upon those, the, that group of prayers and filled them with his Holy Spirit they began to speak in other tongues and glorify God in languages they had never learned. And people that spoke those languages were in Jerusalem celebrating the Feast of Pentecost. And so they heard these people who didn't know their languages praising God in their own languages. And they, they were confused. And some people thought that these people were drunk. And then you might remember that Peter stands up And he begins to explain what's going on. And as he starts to explain, he gets anointed. Have you ever seen anybody anointed? I think we all have. We've seen somebody begin to talk about Jesus. And something takes over. And that's what happened for Peter. Something took over for Peter that day. And he began to talk. And he talked about Jesus. And I'd like you to look at this passage. I believe it'll come up on your screen. It's from Acts chapter 2, and it's verse 23 and 24. And it goes like this. Peter is preaching, remember, and he says, This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death. And this is the part I want you to really see and get. Because it was impossible for him. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. So Peter is preaching to primarily non-believers, Jews who had come to uh, Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. And they're confused by this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And he stands up and he begins to tell them about Jesus. And he says to them, now think about this, he's accusing them and he says, you assisted in putting Jesus to death. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. For some reason that phrase has gripped me this Easter season. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Jesus didn't just come out of the tomb because God ordained it and spoke it and made it happen. Jesus didn't just come out of the tomb because he was able to do it. He came out of the tomb because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Think about it. On another occasion, in John chapter 11, Jesus said to Martha outside the tomb of her brother who had just passed away, Martha had said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here a little bit earlier, you could have prevented him from dying. And Jesus says, whoa, Martha, hold it. I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't just say, I'm living, or I have life within myself. He said, I am the life. On a later occasion, as he was preparing to leave um, and preparing his disciples for his his departure, he said to them in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am the life. Not just that I have life, but I am the life. What a tremendous statement. How do you hold in the ground someone who is the life? It can't be done. Have you ever, on a hot day, reached for a cold can of pop, hoping to quench your thirst, only to feel in your hand that the pop is warm? It has not been in the refrigerator. And so, in your mind, you say, I'm going to cool this off quickly. So, you pop it in the freezer to get it cool real quick. And then you get busy and you get to doing other things and uh, you forget the pop that's in the freezer. The next day, you come to the freezer to get something else and there's your can of pop. What's it look like? <laughs> You've done it, haven't you? It's, the can is misshapen and at some place in the can, it's torn apart and the pop has burst out of the can. Why did that happen? It happened because when water is frozen or brought to a certain temperature, it expands. It can't Not expand sorry for using a double negative it has to expand that's the nature of water the nature of Jesus is life he is the life and when you put life in the grave it cannot stay there it's against nature it's against his nature so Jesus didn't just perform a miracle when he rose from the dead He acted according to who he was. He was the life. And as the life, he burst from that grave, just like our pop burst from the can when it was put in a freezer. And you might say, well, back to the pop again. I'll just get something a little more solid, you know, like this stainless steel sipper. And I'll pour the drink in there and we'll screw it down real tight. We'll stick this in the freezer. There. The container is strong enough it will keep it in. Will it? The water in that pop will find a way out because when it freezes, it expands. When you put Jesus in the ground, he comes out because he's life. I love the way that Matthew tells the story of the resurrection. In, in chapter 28, Matthew tells that when Jesus was put in the tomb, that as it, as it came on the first day of the week, the day that today we're celebrating his resurrection, as the women came, there was an earthquake. There was an earthquake. There was an earthquake. And an angel came down from heaven and rolled the stone away and Jesus came out of the tomb. Why the earthquake? The earth itself was saying you can't keep life in the tomb. You can't keep the one who is the life in the tomb. And so the earth, in a sense, was was convulsing and spitting him out of that tomb. Jesus is the life. And he came forward that day. He came forth from the tomb because life cannot be contained in the tomb. I love the words to one of our modern hymns in Christ Alone. And I believe you'll have those words on your screen. It goes like this. There in the the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth, In glorious day, up from the grave, he rose again. I love that. Then bursting forth. It's like he couldn't be contained in a grave. He is the life, and he came forth. But look at the rest of that verse. And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. For I am his, and he is mine. Bought with the precious blood of Christ. So Christ's resurrection. Though it had great significance for him. And is a great testimony to the world. It has a great significance for us as well. The words to that hymn. And as he stands in victory. Sin's curse has lost its grip on me. Hallelujah. I'm different today. Because Jesus rose from the dead. Here's how it works. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, the Bible tells us that his spirit comes into our heart and takes up his residence there. We have the spirit of God within us. That was the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I'd like you to look with me at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. This is a beautiful passage and and, uh, stay with it here. We're going to read this together. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. Keep that phrase in your mind. His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Do you see the the connection? The power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you and in me as believers in Jesus. That's why the writer of this song could say, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. Just as Jesus could not be kept in the ground, neither can you be kept in sin's grip because of the spirit of God that lives within you. You are destined for victory because of Jesus' spirit that lives within you. Romans eight eleven also gives us clarity. And it says this, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Now, that life that Jesus is going to give to your mortal body, it'll happen in two two ways. The obvious way is that we're going to experience a resurrection similar to what Jesus experienced. That's right. There'll be a day when... You and I, who we assume will one day be in a tomb somewhere, will rise from that tomb. Life will, get, will be victorious over death. Just as in Jesus' case, he couldn't be kept in a tomb. So we will rise from a tomb and rise to life in Jesus because of the Spirit of God and because of the resurrection of Jesus. Now, if you read 1 Thessalonians 4, it gives us the details of this. It tells us, because we know that when we pass from this life, we go immediately into the presence of God. We heard um, a beautiful scripture in our Easter celebration today about the thief who was on the cross next to Jesus. And he said to Jesus, Lord, today, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turned to him. And he said. Today you will be with me in paradise. And other scriptures in the New Testament. Let us know that. When we leave this body. We go immediately to be with the Lord. Well the body doesn't go immediately to be with the Lord. It stays on this earth. And it decays. And it's put in a grave. And it dies. But. 1 Thessalonians 4, when Jesus returns, he brings with him those who have gone ahead, who have died in Christ. He brings those with him. And the dead in Christ, their bodies will rise from the ground, from the tomb, from the grave, and be reunited with their spirits in a resurrected body, to live with Jesus forever. It's a beautiful thing, and that's something we have to look forward to. I don't know if you want to get rid of your body, but you're going to have it for eternity. But I guarantee you it's going to be a lot better. I'm not going to have a crooked finger anymore. And there's going to be other things that are going to be so much different. Maybe some of you that have always wanted to be a, a singer, you'll be able to sing in that new body. And God's got many good things in store for us. So we have that to look forward to, but we also have something else. When Paul said that if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. He was talking about a dramatic change that he desires to bring in us here on this earth. Let me tell you about a man that I met in my first job after college. We got called to central Wisconsin to a a paper mill community there called Wisconsin Rapids, and we were involved in the church almost from the very first Sunday. Um, I heard about a man named Henry in the church. He was an older man. Um, I believe he had worked in the paper mills or had been a woodcutter Um, During his occupational life, he was currently retired. And everybody in the church highly respected this man. He had never held an important position in his life. But he knew God. And he knew God's word. In fact, people would go to the Sunday school class that he went to. Not so much to hear the teacher but to hear his comments that he would make as the lesson were be, was being taught. He was a godly man and one who uh, knew God and knew the scripture and yet had no education. And you said to yourself, how is this possible? He seemed to know things that well-educated people didn't understand. I didn't know this until years later. But this man, Henry, at one point in his life had been the town drunk. He was known as the town alcoholic, a hopeless alcoholic. And yet when we came to that church, Henry was perhaps the most respected man in the church for his knowledge of God and his knowledge of the word. How did that happen? Let me tell you how it happened. Do you see Romans 8, 11 there? The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead was living in Henry. Henry received Jesus as his savior. And because he had the spirit of God living in him, he was transformed. God delivered him from his alcoholism. God gave him a, a hunger for the Lord and for his word. And he began to be transformed as he read God's word and as he lived in connection with the Lord. And Henry impacted people around him. God can do the same for you and for me. As we receive him as our Lord and Savior, he can take away our bent to sinning, as one of the hymns puts it. And he can transform our lives. He can take what was a weakness and make it a strength. Those that maybe um, have life-controlling issues in their life, he can deliver us and give us the ability to be controlled by God's spirit instead of by some substance. Are you a person of fear? God can take the fear and turn it into faith. Are you a a person of selfishness? God can take the selfishness and turn that into selflessness. It's the Spirit of God dwelling in you, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can live in your mortal bodies and give life to your mortal bodies. That's the beauty of Christ's resurrection. What's so important about the resurrection of Jesus? Yes, it was an amazing historical event. It had to be. He was the life. You can't keep life in a tomb. It will burst out, just as the pop will burst out of the can when it's put in the, in the freezer. And so in the same way, hallelujah, as the Spirit of God enters your life, When you receive Christ as your savior, he makes a change in your life. You no longer can remain in a tomb of selfishness or substance abuse or fear or you name it. You're going to burst out of that tomb because of the spirit of God that's living in you. I want to encourage you today and I want to encourage myself to take hold of that by faith. And then the great event that we're all waiting for is Christ's return. And uh, when he returns, we're told that those that are dead in Christ are going to rise out of the tomb. We're going to do the same thing that Jesus did. Death will not be able to hold us either because we're his and his spirit is within us. We have so much to be grateful for this Easter. I hope that um, you'll remember these words that we talked about today, if I could go back to uh, Acts chapter 2, 23 and 24, I'd like to, to end with that phrase that I think is so important in uh, Acts 24. Acts 24 2:24 24 says this, that God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And because we are his, it's impossible for death and sin to keep their hold on you or on me. Let's rise to a new life this Easter. Would you pray with me? Thank you, dear Lord, for this great day. Thank you for what you did after your death on the cross, for paying for our sins, for expressing your love in the greatest way known to man, to give your life for a friend. And yet we were your enemies. But Lord, you didn't stay in the tomb because how can you bottle up life? How can you bottle up the one who is the life? And you burst forth. And now as you stand in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me and on those who are listening today. May we leave today from this study, realizing that we've been set free through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And not only will we rise one day from a tomb, but we can rise today from all that Satan is attempting to do to keep us bound. And we can be free to be the people that you've meant us to be. We thank you so much for that. And we praise you this Easter in Jesus' name.